Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Art of Fulfillment podcast, a podcast about what we're really searching for in life, which isn't money. It's not fame. It's not friends. It's not power. What we're really searching for is fulfillment, or in other words, how we feel about ourselves when we're by ourselves. All right, guys. So even though today's guest primarily coaches women, her lessons definitely apply to men too. So if you're a guy, don't worry. You will definitely get extraordinary insights for this conversation. And for you women out there, you're really going to enjoy and you want to listen up to this one because I think you're going to get a lot of value after this one uh, today. Our guest is a life coach and entrepreneur who helps women achieve their highest dreams, become the best version of themselves, and break through limitations. She's able to help her clients do that because she did the work herself to transform herself from a girl who had a rough relationship with food, dealt with crippling loneliness, and thrived off the approval of others, and transformed herself to the amazing woman that she is now, which is one that is incredibly passionate, extremely fit and healthy, ultra decisive and clear about her goals, self-loving in all positive forms of the word, and one that never backs down in the face of a challenge. She is the epitome of how it's possible to transform yourself in ways that you didn't think were possible and spreads her message through her social media and her private Facebook group. Her commitment to helping others is truly amazing as she is constantly posting free content relating to busting through procrastination, executing on your dreams and maintaining mental and physical fitness. So please help me in welcoming Molly Egan to the Art of Fulfillment. Thanks for coming on the show, Molly. Thank you for having me. And may I say, damn, you have done your research. <laughs> I, always, intro. I always do. And I love, I always love researching my guests and you in particular, because you just put out so much free content. And a lot of people think, oh, if it's free, it must not be useful. But I was reading it and I was like, wow. Like this stuff is like totally just deep and awesome. And I just felt myself hours in there. And to all of our listeners, if you want to like, just go learn, like just go to our Instagram page and just read all of our captions. Cause it is just phenomenal. So thank you for that. Of course. It's I'm, I'm happy to share, as you mentioned, anything that's, you know, helped me transfer my own life. Uh, I think anybody in the space of wanting to help serve and help others and help pick others up, it's not even a question of just helping people and putting it out there. So yeah, check it out. I hope you hope you find it helpful and um, serve you in some way. I love that. I love that. Yeah, you definitely would be able to do that. And I love how you have this amazing energy and, and, and literally life-changing wisdom that I think both men and women can both implement in their lives to see massive changes. And But I love what I love most about your story is that like you weren't always that way. And, you know, a lot of people nowadays get into this mode where they think, if I'm born this way, this must be the way I am. But for you, you transform from someone who's completely opposite to where you are now. Mm -hmm. So what were those rough times like that you were in and kind of that space that you were in before you were the person now? And what did you actually do to pull yourself out of that? Yeah, that's a great question. So before I guess I dive into that part, um, one thing I want to mention and share is um, you know, what you said about my energy and, and my personality, I guess, is kind of always, you know, I haven't done this like total 180 per se of who I am now. Um, I've always kind of been this, I want to classify myself as someone who's lighthearted, energetic, and, uh, but the 180 transformation, like you were saying, was definitely on a deeper level. And um, what that looked like at the harder times in my life was, I mean, a little bit about me is I'm the oldest of uh, four four girls. I'm the I'm oldest sister and really super tight knit family. Um, came from a very athletic background. I grew up playing sports, and that was kind of like part of what kept my family. I mean, a really tight knit and a common theme in my family. Um, however, I struggled severely with 
disordered eating and negative body image. I attached uh, my worthiness to my success in sports. I compared myself to my siblings all the time. And that kind of really kicked off this spiral on an external way, like my weight and my physical body. And it kind of dug its its claws in deeper to who I was as a person and, and how I was showing up. And again, watching people around me succeed and do the things. And um, yeah, I, I really, really had a, over a decade of struggling with disordered eating and going through all the diets in secrecy, binge eating, <laughs> um, you know, all the things that unfortunately, gosh, over like 90% of women these days are, have either partaken in or are currently in. And I mean, it was, it was crazy because, and I never, I don't know if you ever felt this way, but you hear of other people's stories of maybe overcoming a divorce or death or addiction. Um, I know you speak about that sometimes too. And I look at my own story and I think, well, it wasn't that bad, you know? And that was kind of the trick that I played on myself for a long time that allowed me to kind of mask the real pain that I felt and that I was feeling and that I was avoiding dealing with. So mm. one thing I want to impart, you know, at this part in the conversation is never compare your pain or, you know, what you've experienced or how bad you've had it or how good you've had it, because you can put yourself in this box and really mask and neglect the work that has to be done. And mm. that's kind of where I ended up um, going. And so going back to the disordered eating, all that stuff, it started to show up in my adult life, um, in my career, in my relationships, my aspirations or lack thereof. Um, I have been, had been in the service industry working as a server and bartender since I was 17 years old. I didn't really have any aspirations. I wanted cash in my hand. I wanted a happy hour to go to and yeah, let's start all over again next week. And hopefully we can sneak in some cool trips along the way, you know, and I wanted right. friends who were, who were in that world and people with aspirations. I would watch things like Tony Robbins and think, these guys have drank some serious Kool-Aid. Like that is not my jam. This can't be real. People can't be this happy all the time. So that's kind of, like you said, the 180 that I did on the inside was I went mm -hmm. from being this kind of um, just floating through life, truly floating through life and almost had this sense of pride about it. Like I'm a free bird. I don't, I don't like commitment. I don't want who needs a job? Like, screw the man, like all these things, you know? And deep down, I was dealing with a lot of anxiety. The, the kind of older I got, I'm 30 years old now, which I think is still a young individual, but, Absolutely. You know, but like life started to happen and I was not prepared for it. And I, and I think my spirit kind of started to speak up a little bit louder about what I wanted in this life, who I wanted to be in this life. And that's what kind of got me on this path to self-discovery, um, you know, putting things into practice to create my own transformation and has really kind of led me to where I am today. And I say that that happened probably the, the kind of apex was probably like four years ago when that really all came to a head and I kind of came on this other side of, of who I was being in the world. And I continue to work on that till this day. That's awesome. No, I love that answer. And there's so much that I definitely want to unpack about that. Like, especially when you talk about uh, people, they, they'll say like, oh, my problems aren't that bad. And I love your point about how there's a difference between contentment and complacency, which is so cool. And I want to definitely talk about that. But first, like, 
I also want to talk about like the moment that you made that switch. Like for some people, like like for me, for example, like making the huge change in my life was like picking up my first personal development book, and like that just like changed the game for me. And sometimes it's not only like you know that one thing for people. So for you, was it was there maybe like one specific thing that maybe started to shift your vision a little bit, or was it more like small things kind of adding up, or like what was it? What was that kind of like transformation when it really started to to shift your mindset? What was that thing for you? Yeah, totally. So I have a little story about that. Um, it was, gosh, what year are we in? It must have been like 2015. Mm-hmm. And I had been living in Oregon uh, with my then fiance, now husband, and I was just all around unhappy. I'd never experienced so much discontentment in my life. And I mean, I was, it could be at the grocery store. It could be someone, you know, I was working at a serving job at the time that I really wasn't happy in. I could find any reason in my external world as to why I'm not happy, whether it's the weather, Mm. the rent, my shitty apartment, my car that won't work, my husband's job. Um, he's a pilot and I, I forever hated helicopters. I was like, helicopters are stupid. They're making my (laughs) life miserable. And so that was kind of like the, 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 the storm brewing. And I made the big decision to actually drive back East to Maryland and kind of just recollect myself. I knew that where I was, in my own world and um, in my relationship just wasn't on the a healthy path. Mm-hmm. And I need to be home. I need to be with my family. I kind of need to reground myself and figure out what's going on. So that being said, I kind of went on this cross country journey and visited some friends along the way. And I visited a friend who was living in Park City, Utah, a beautiful ski town. And I used to live there with her. And she said, come crash on my couch. And so I brought this book along with me and he said, yours is a book. And I had this book. My friend gave me a couple Christmases ago and I thought I hadn't really been doing much reading in my life, but I thought I'll bring a book and maybe I'll feel inspired to read, <laughs> you know, like, you know, you bring those outfits that you just might wear one day on the trip. And so I brought right. a book I just read. <laughs> exactly. And, yeah. You know, how we play that game with ourselves. And sure enough, I, she had to work all day. So I would spend time in the local library and, and I read and I, and watched the snowfall and it was uh, Jen Sincero's You're a Badass. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And so I had that book in my possession for about a year before I actually cracked it open. And I was reading it and it was like, what? Like, what? This woman is talking to me. Right. Like, I felt like she was talking to me. And it just blew my mind. I had never had, you know, an experience with a book like that before. And it just really kick-started um, this kind of upheaval of committing to my self-discovery. Like, who am I? Where is all this coming from? And understanding how my past is playing a part in my present. And, um, you know, I hadn't thought about my future or being a coach. Like, that wasn't even the picture yet. It was really just um, kind of coming to this place of peace with myself or actively trying to get to this place of peace with myself and understand all parts of my world, which sounds like a lot. It sounds heavy. It sounds like, holy crap, where do you even start with that stuff? But it was, it was that book. And then um, I also was following this guy on Facebook. I found him super inspiring. His name is Jake Ducey. Mm. And I would like watch his videos and he was just, I could relate to him. And I just, uh, again, as I started to kind of get on this path of self-discovery, I was, I became a seeker. It sounds like you're a seeker as well. You just like you can't get enough. You, it could be one quote. It could be someone's energy, one conversation. It's just like, yes, these are my people, and I want to move in this direction. So that was definitely 
the turning point, I guess, was that trip, that book. And I had about six months of being back home and just like healing and diving into reading. I was never a reader, quote unquote. Uh, Mm -hmm. But I started reading like a book a week. I just couldn't. Yeah, I couldn't get enough. And it just, it just, yeah, it changed the path of where I thought I was going. And it really, the blinders came off and I thought, Molly, anything is possible. Like, and I could just see with such clarity what was happening in my life at that time. So um, I hope that answers your question. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And it was so funny because the the same feeling that you got was the same feeling that I got when I was reading my first book. And and the one for those that don't know, was it was Unlimited Power by Tony Robbins. And literally the same thing where it was like, he's talking to me. And so I think, yeah, exactly. Um, So when you said like, yeah, like, oh, this guy's drinking the Kool-Aid, like I totally thought the same thing too before. And then I started reading your stuff and I was like, I get it now. So, but it's so cool that, you know, you number one had the open mind that, you know, you're like, oh, maybe this book will help out. Cause I think it really starts out with that. Right. Because if you come up with the place of complacency, like you said before, and just kind of masking your problems away, you know, you're not going to have the open mind because you're like, eh, this is not going to work, whatever. And even if you do read those books, I think what really makes the difference is when you can connect with someone on some level who has has the knowledge and the wisdom that feels like it speaks to you, right? And it's so awesome. But more all, like after that, though, was all you. Like you did the work. You went, you kept reading books and kept working on yourself. And I think that's the step that people are missing a lot is like, you know, you can read a book, but if you're not going to continue to work and apply the knowledge, like you're not going to go anywhere. So like if anyone who's looking for the same kind of journey, like follow it that same way Molly did, cause it's absolutely awesome. And so I also want to, like I said, go back to that point about like complacency and contentment because gratitude's a word that obviously we throw around a lot on the podcast. It gets thrown around a lot nowadays. Totally. And so I think I do agree that sometimes people do use it as an excuse to say like, Oh, you know, I'm grateful for things. And so that's it. But you obviously, don't agree with that. So I want you to speak more about that and, and how people can kind of differentiate that in their lives. Sure. And I, I 100% agree. And I'm, I'm really glad this is coming up because anyone who's in the personal development, if you're, you know, gratitude is, I mean, I have no qualms with gratitude. I think it's a great thing to practice. It is something that I have to actively work on every day. I encourage you out there, if you're new to this, like start practicing gratitude right away and, and think as well, when I started first making my gratitude lists, you know, in my, <clears throat> excuse me, my journal, I would write things like my health, my family, like my dog, my house. And what I really encourage anyone listening to do is I want you to think of like that person that cut you off today. Like, how can mm-hmm. you be, how can you find some kind of gratitude in that? Or maybe looking at a recent breakup or maybe something you experienced in your past or, Um, you know, find gratitude in the hard stuff. It's so easy to be grateful for the big everyday stuff, right? Like health, happiness. Yeah. Like those are awesome. But I think real shifts happen when you can be grateful for this giant tree that I get to look out my window every day. And again, old Molly would have been like, that's corny and weird, but I promise it works (laughs) when you start to kind of really, again, take those blinders off and start to, it's truly a practice, right? You don't get to this place where you're just living in gratitude. I still every day, in the moments where I want to give up, where I feel like crying, finding gratitude really brings me back to myself. But <clears throat> to answer your question about how people might use it as, I don't know if crutch is the right word, but it's the only word that's kind of coming up for me right now with this whole complacency. Mm. And I'm thinking of someone who I don't want to say, but I, someone very close to me who uses gratitude 
you know, when they're in a good space, I'm so grateful for this life and the things I've built for myself. But then they also spend, you know, 75% of the time complaining Mm -hmm. about life. And in my mind, I think that their gratitude, and I see this quite a bit, and I've played this trick on myself, where the gratitude leads to this place of settlement, right? We, we kind of settle, we're complacent, um, and we kind of lower that ceiling a little bit, I think, um, on what we're maybe, what our aspirations are, or our goals are, right? Don't, don't trick yourself into being grateful for things that you're really kind of settling for. Mm. And you know what I mean? And so um, I think a, a healthy way to do this is, again, find gratitude in the hard stuff and never, ever, ever, ever stop dreaming because I'm a huge daydreamer when I'm on my runs, when I am working out, like I have these crazy visions in my mind that inspire me. A song comes on. I'm like in a different world. I'm such a daydreamer. And I think in order for us to get where we're wanting to go, you know, we're going to hit hard times. Anyone who is with a goal, who has a, uh, um, a hunger for success or fulfillment, I should use, it's a better word. Um, yo, we are going to hit some hard times. It is a roller coaster. And I know you feel me on this in some way, you know, we all oh, know yeah, the story. Yeah. It's, it's just like a part of the game. And that's why a lot of people are just like, no, I'm good. I'm chill. I'm grateful. I have a great life. Look at people, you know, overseas who are, and it's like, yes, Yes, I agree. However, my stance, one of my biggest philosophies is, and I think of this often, is, you know, I'm someone who's born, and in my mind, um, if you're listening to this, Joe and I can see each other in a computer. I have electricity to my house right now. Like, we have won the lotto of life. Yes. And I'm, I was born, you know, a fully healthy individual, like physically healthy, able-bodied, and I feel like it is our divine duty divine being, maybe that's God, universe, source, energy. It is our duty to live out this life, this, this lotto life that we have been given so that we can serve and help others and extend and change. I truly believe that if we all lived to our fullest potential, we could change the freaking world. Right. Mm -hmm. But when we are like, no, that's okay. Like I'm I'm happy where I am and, and no, um, not to discount people who are in that place, as I've definitely been there too. But I know, and maybe you listening out there know, you know in yourself that there's something, there's, there's, you know that there's more than this. You know, maybe you mm-hmm. don't know what it is yet, but just that burning fire, that, that kind of that whisper that gets louder and louder. Um, I think that that's something to listen to. And yeah, never, never going back to the gratitude thing. I feel like I could go, I could go on off on so many tangents right now. I got to stay focused. <laughs> Um, but gratitude is really a practice that kind of helps us stay on track in those hard times, but never let it keep you small. Never let it, um, kind of limit what you want because you feel complacent and things are fine. My life's not terrible, right? Good is the enemy of great. And I think Mm. we're all fully capable of living great lives. Absolutely. Oh my gosh. I totally agree. And I literally got the chills when you were saying like, be grateful for the time for, like anything in the hard moments, because yeah. that will set you free. Because like I'm all about that shit. I love like that is to me is like the most amazing thing. And like when I look at people who are super fulfilled in life, like such as yourself, like that is like a key lesson that people have. Because it's like no matter what the fuck happens to you in life, because shit's gonna happen. Yeah. And part of me for cursing a lot, but I just get really excited about this. I feel you. But yeah. But in the end of the day, like 
because this stuff's going to happen to you, if you can just be grateful, like for something in that moment, like you've won the game, like, you know, you're not belayed into the external environment. And I also love how you also said, you know, you, you got to embrace the hard things. You got to embrace them as a, as, as like really, I guess I'm trying to figure out the right word to say this, or as your, as your duty, as someone who is healthy and able and able to do these things, like when you put yourself out there, like it's a gift, right? Some people can't put themselves out there as much as like you were saying before, like some people aren't as born as lucky as us. So to be able to move ourselves in those situations and put ourselves out there is amazing. And to relate on that too, I saw your Instagram story before this saying you went on a run and you're like, I didn't feel like doing it. I hated it. It was nuts. And so I do think that a lot of people in order to follow their dreams have to essentially do the hard things and, and really do things that they don't feel like doing in the moment, but they want to deep down. So what's kind of like the barrier that holds people back from that? And how can they break through that in order to do the things they don't feel like doing, but they want to do? Yeah, no, that's a great question. Um, yeah, I went right before kind of like maybe two hours ago, I went on this brutal run that, oh man, it was, it was really hard. It wasn't fun, right? Success, fulfillment, isn't always a fun journey. But after that run, I was just so proud of myself. It felt so good. I'm so glad I listened to that higher voice inside of my mind where, you know, there were so many moments where I wanted to cut that run short. And you can apply, I think you can apply this this run analogy to anything we're working on. Mm -hmm. You know, we have so many opportunities to back out of things, to delay things, to quit, to, um, you know, give up because we don't see the fruits of our labor right away. And, but man, sticking it out and having mini goals along the way and, and really finding that pride in yourself, I think is so important. And I truly believe that that is an essential, I mean, essential part of the process to go through because in those microscopic, I like to call them kind of like microscopic decisions of, um, do I want to go on the 20 more minutes of this run or this workout that I told myself I would do? but I'm feeling really tired. It's really hot. And I think I should go like, you know, we have that debate in our mind. And I think the biggest barrier, because trust me, I feel it all the time too. Um, you know, while I'm out here helping other women do this, I'm a human. I'm on this journey as well. My ego, that voice creeps up and it's, it tells me some nasty stuff. And what I would encourage anyone out there who relates to that or has a hard time kind of breaking through that voice is I want you to really, really get in touch with that highest version of yourself. And while that version of ourself, we kind of have this, if you want to call it like the, de- the devil and the angel on the shoulders, mm-hmm. um, oftentimes that, that that nasty voice, that inner mean, go- inner mean girl, inner mean guy um, can be so strong and so convincing. I want you to know that this is a really, really important challenge that you have to go through, right? It's resistance training. You are resisting that that urge to give up and quit and, and blame the world. And, you know, until I feel inspired or motivated again, then I'll try. And it's a microscopic decision, right? It's as many, mm. many moments throughout our day where I fully believe. And I think of it myself, whether it's w- what I'm choosing to eat, because trust me, I have some really, you know, that old, that old voice in my mind, um, that can get really loud, but I also choose, does make it easy, right? Uh, easy, sorry, simple, not easy. Mm-hmm where I tap into the highest version of myself, of the woman or maybe the man that we are all working towards becoming, right? We're not chasing this version of this person. It's the person that's always been inside of us, right? That most fulfilled, content, happiest, vibrant, high energy person, 
is within all of us. And in that moment, in those decisions, I ask myself, which road am I going to take? Am I going to go this way? Am I going to please that old version of myself, that negative Nancy, the inner critic? Or am I going to make this really, really, really hard choice that I really don't feel like doing right now, but I know my highest self would do? Mm. And that's what really helps me break through. Because like I said today, there were probably, there were many times where I could have taken side streets and I was like, I really want to just get home and jump in the pool and get some water. And I said, what would highest Molly do? What would she do? She would keep going. She would keep going. And it's in that moment where we have to practice a little bit of self-discipline. We've got to practice some commitment and just being consistent over time, I think is, um, again, learning how to build that resistance, learning how to manage those voices that we hear and knowing and ultimately knowing that it's so, so normal. And it's, you never get to this place where you never hear the voice, right? Where you never had the fear, you never had the limiting beliefs or you never have the excuses. I think that's, um, uh, misguided information if you if people out there think that you know this enlightened place where we're just chilling and everything's cool and life is easy (laughs) right it's going to be hard it's going to be hard and I think having some self-discipline of getting really really clear this is one thing I work with a lot of my um, female clients is really getting clear about what is your goal are you getting ready to run a spartan race are you getting ready to run a marathon are you going to launch that business in the fall like and we got to be a little gotta show ourselves some tough love so um I definitely tend to like the, a lot of the women I look up to, I don't know if you know who Mel Robbins is. I don't know if you're yes, familiar with Yes, oh, I love Mel Robbins. Love her. <sighs> she yeah. is like my woman because she's she's a tough cookie. She's like, oh, get yes. off your ass. Exactly. You know? And I'm like, yeah, like, mm, you know, so right. I, <laughs> I like to follow her philosophy and uh, and practice that in my own life because I respond well to that. And so um, I would maybe even those of you out there, if, if, you're listening, maybe this isn't jive with you. Um, who do you look up to? What, who's your mentor? Um, how do you like to feel inspired and how can you take that voice and, and be your own inspiration in that moment? Like what would Mel Robbins say to me right now? What would Tony say to me? Um, what would Gabby Bernstein tell me right now? You know, if, if you're having a hard time tapping into the higher self. So those are just some things. Um, I wish I would have made them a little bit more tangible and like one first, first, second, third, do this. But um, it's just, it's just being really aware in the moment of what voice is kind of in control and how can you kind of regain that control and make a decision that serves your highest self. Yeah. Oh, wow. That is amazing. I mean, it's so cool. Like when you can ask yourself, it's like, what can the, what would this person do in this situation? Cause for most people, like the people they look up to in lives are really just versions that they want to be themselves, which usually aligns their higher selves. So they're asking that same question when you're like, like, what would Mel Robbins do for someone like you who, like, really likes looked up to? And it's like that Mel Robbins is essentially a view of what my highest self would be. So in that moment, you are literally aligning with your highest self. And, and you know, you know the thing, too, like proximity is power. Like the people who you associate with, whether it's in your life or even reading or the people whose content you watch, like, that's going to shape your mindset. So being around all that is amazing. And I also love your point about like making the decisions, right? The micro decisions. I think that's so awesome because in those moments, like it is literally in your moments of decision that your destiny is shaped. And I think that's so cool. And so um, I was going to ask you, I was like, how do we make those decisions? But I think you answered that beautifully where you say like, what would my highest self do? 
And I think another barrier that kind of comes up with that, like people know the answer. They know that their highest self would do what they really want to do. But then all of a sudden this fear and this anxiety and this just crippling, just like impending doom, like saying like, oh man, like I can't do this. It's going to be hard. Like all that comes up. So how do you personally, uh, you and your life, either in the past or currently present, deal with that anxiety and stress? And what would you tell to someone who is currently in that position? Sure. So what I would start off is um, just reiterating about getting really, really clear on what your goals are and how they're leading to your greater dream. And I'm talking, Mm -hmm. you know, where do you want to be in six months? Where do you want to be in a year's time? Where do you want to be in five years? Like, don't think that that stuff is too far away. Um, Have those greater goals. Who do you want to be in that time? And then kind of work backwards. Like, okay, if I want to be in this place in my life a year from now, what does that mean I have to do? You know, what has to be done or in place six months from now? So clarity is key. That mm-hmm. is, if you don't have clarity um, about who you want to become in this life, you will find your yourself in careers and relationships and financial situations in your health. You may find yourself in a place that you never anticipated, that you never wanted. But sometimes if we don't actively become or become an active participant in this life, it will tell you, life will tell you where you're going and Mm -hmm. it doesn't always work in our favor. So um, if you're experiencing fear, anxiety, or like just the crippling, the overthinking and oh my gosh, because I I have a habit of overthinking, overplanning, you know, waiting for the right time. And what I would say to you is take action anyway. And Mm -hmm. that's a very, I know that may sound like a very vague or, um, you know, repetitive answer, but let me break this down. What I mean by take action anyway is what has brought us here is not going to take us there. And in order for us to, you know, get in touch with that highest self and be that guy who does a Spartan race or, you know, et cetera, we've got to make these changes in who we've been. And it's, it's all around this kind of identity And that's a huge kind of part of my own story and the work that I do with women is what parts of you um, have been around, have held you back? What are the thoughts, right? What are those thoughts that are coming up, the doubts, the fears? And look at that stuff. Don't Mm -hmm. be afraid to look at it. And I'm talking, you can write it down if you're a journaler. Sometimes if I'm feeling lazy and don't want to write it down, I like to make voice memos and just pull up my phone and just speak out loud what what's going on in my mind and what what am what am I so afraid of? Just just talking it out, even if you have no one listening, um, is so helpful. If you have, if you like to record videos of yourself and just having that stuff to look back on, because speaking it, getting out there, writing it down, shining light on it takes its power away in some aspect. And mm-hmm. I think Tony Robbins, and you you might actually correct me on this, but he says something that. Um, knowledge is not power. Knowledge is potential power. Absolutely. Yeah. And I love that because it's true. We, we might know what we have to do. We might know how we have to train for this race or things that to have in place to apply to school or to, you know, move cross country and pursue your dream of acting, whatever it is. But it's like, okay, now it's time to step up and do the things and it's going to be hard, right? It's going to be challenging. It's going to challenge every part of you. But one thing I like to think of is I'm creating new normals for myself. I'm creating Mm -hmm. new normals for myself. And through those challenging moments, we're kind of just laying that foundation, right? If we, if we're overthinking and just living in such, in such paralyzing fear, um, to a point where, I mean, I'm kind of off the cuff here, but like if you can't leave your house or something, if, if that's what's going on, I think definitely, you know, obviously seeking help or 
Mm-hmm. Even having like a mentor in your life, a coach in your life, therapy. I'm a huge fan of therapy. Um, but but find people who are where you want to be. Find people who have gone through what you are going to go through and maybe have some anxiety or, or nervousness around it. And man, I it's so important to have support along the journey as well. Um, I found so much support in books, so mm-hmm. many mentors in books and podcasts that have really helped me realize that okay, so it's not just me, you know, all freaked out about this new part of my life or showing up in this way or people judging me or starting an online business. You know, this is okay. This is normal. And I just have to go through this. And it doesn't make it again any easier, but over time, it's just a muscle that we've got to exercise. So Mm -hmm. I know it sounds cliche, but if you, if you see the fear and have the doubts and are feeling the worry, take action anyway, because you will prove yourself wrong and you will shatter that fear and that doubt and that label that you've had on yourself through new action, no matter the outcome, the fact that you stepped up, even in that face of fear, you'll feel so damn proud of yourself. And it makes it so much easier the next time. Oh my gosh. Yes. A hundred percent. I love that. Cause like, I'm a big believer that action is the antidote of fear and yes. you just totally just really just blew that point out of the park there, which I thought was awesome. And it's something that people don't don't realize they're like i'm like they're hesitating a lot and they're thinking if they take action it's going to hurt but really if you take action it's going to be great no matter the outcome like you said because you can look back say wow i was scared of that thing but i did it anyways it's like what else can i do that i'm quote unquote scared about in my life and you can really break through to like you said new normals and what i also love too in the beginning of the answer how you said i've had a habit of getting into the overthinking, right? Uh, like all these things are just habits. And there is one thing that I, a video that I watched you that was awesome on how to change your habits because really what we are on a day-to-day basis, like where we are is a direct result of the habits that we have on a day-to-day basis. So for someone who was saying like, I want to have a habit of like eating healthy, going to the gym every single morning, like watching less Netflix, like, I don't know, just walking up to random people and saying, Hey, I think you're attractive. And like, you know, anything like that. What are the things that people can do in order to implement new ha- habits in their life that uh, they really want to, that are going to improve their life in the long term? Yeah, um, I love, I'm kind of like a nerd when it comes to habits. And if anyone out there is curious about habits, I would highly recommend the book, The One Thing. I don't know if you've read that book or heard of it. Oh, I've heard of it, yeah. Yeah, um, and they also have a great podcast too. And and Jeff Woods his quote is, um, you don't get to decide your future. You get to decide your habits and your habits mm. decide your future. And that, when I heard that, I was like, damn, like mic drop. That's so true. <laughs> and so when it comes to habits, a few tips I have, um, because I get, holy cow, all the women I work with kind of come to me and they're like, okay, I want to st- watch less Netflix. I don't want to be on my phone in the morning. I want to cut out sugar. I want to cut out wine. Three, you know, They have this list of all the things they want to stop doing and all the things they want to start doing. And while I commend anyone out there who is really wanting to make change in their life, I can't emphasize enough the importance of keeping it simple so it's sustainable. And mm-hmm. what I mean by that is um, it, it's kind of like when you when you get excited about making change in your life, it can feel really inspiring and you're on fire. You're like, I'm going to do this. And something funny happens like a weekend, maybe 10 days in if you're like going hard. is you're like, oh my God. This is getting tiring. Like this is this is like getting in the way of my schedule. I don't know if I can keep this up. You know, you try and change too much at once. And a lot of times what happens is we get that feeling of self-defeat or failure or mm-hmm. and who knows, this could be the 10th or 20th time you've tried to change this habit. And it becomes this like this self-fulfilling prophecy. And 
kind of waiting till I'm motivated again and then change all the habits until you taper off and you feel motivated again on the first of the month. And it, it's just a cycle. And so I, again, starting small and simple really is the key. I know how excited you are. I know how committed you are. And you're like, you're so on fire right now, but pick one or two things to work on first. And what I'll say as well is, um, so I went and got <clears throat> in that year of like me taking a little hiatus in life and trying to figure myself out after the, the year of badass book. Um, I went and studied at the Institute for Integrative Nutrition for a year to oh, wow. become, um, yeah, I became a holistic, uh, health coach. And through that, we learned a lot about eating habits. And one of the big things that they talked about philosophies is called crowding out. And what that means is instead of trying to get rid of bad habits and like replace them with new ones and like, you know, working on both the quote unquote bad habits and good habits, I want you to start focusing on just the good habits. Don't worry about the bad ones yet. Start bringing in the good habits, right? Maybe you want to start running three days a week um, and you want to eat maybe one more serving of vegetables a day or um, you want to read instead of being on your phone at night, right? Mm -hmm. Don't. Don't overwhelm yourself with all the negative habits or quote unquote bad habits that you want to get rid of. Just start bringing in the good ones first, one to three at a time, like three max. Because when you do that, when you start feeding yourself positivity, when you start taking care of your body and your mind and you're, you're spending time in a more um, in fulfilling way, I love using that word, this podcast right now, um, <laughs> Your body and mind actually get excited by those activities and it inspires motivation and you wake up feeling a little more fresh and maybe reaching for like four donuts at the work table isn't as exciting anymore. You're like, you know what? Mm. I've been on this kick lately. I'm feeling pretty good and I kind of want to, you know, eat my yogurt instead or something or maybe... Um, you know, you're loving this new book that you're reading and you started a adding that tiny little, you know, positive habit into your life. And maybe the phone at night just isn't as fulfilling anymore. You're just like, I don't, I don't actually want that. I want to read my book. Right. right. Or I don't want to watch uh, the rerun of the office for the 60th time. Like I actually <laughs> want to go to on a walk right now. Like that's really fulfilling for me. And your, your mindset will change. Um, how you show up will change. You'll notice how it starts to affect your energy, these activities and habits. And so dealing with the, you know, bad habits becomes a lot easier as opposed to tackling everything at once. Just start focusing on bringing one to again, three max positive, healthy, beneficial habits in at a time in your life and watch how much easier um, it is to let go of those negative habits and kind of disengage from that. Excellent point. And I, I get the feeling too, like when you start to get on the the momentum train of the new habit and you're like, wow, like this feels great to like exercise every day. It feels great to just eat healthy. Like I have so much more energy that like now like tasting a donut, you're like, yeah, it tastes good, but not as good as the feeling that I'm getting from this new habit. Right. And it all just starts with really just like you said, just focusing on just that habit and just doing the small steps every single day, as opposed to just blowing it up and making it a huge deal. Like saying like, I'm going to go all in. Like it's really just the simple steps. Right. Yeah. And like you said, simple, not easy. But once you start to get to that place where it becomes enjoyable, then you're like, start to be freaking unstoppable and you don't go back to your old ways. And I absolutely just love that. So you know, you're also big on like habits too, but, but practices as well. So like practices in your day, like 
um, you know, meditation and journaling is one that I've heard that you do, but there are there any other practices that you do that help you to get more in touch with your higher self and, and really just to be more authentic. Cause, um, I think a lot of days now we're really distracted. Like we got, you know, the YouTube, the Netflix, the Facebook, like all this stuff that's just so distract push notifications, which are the freaking worst. Mm. Um, so what are things I guess that we can do for ourselves or that maybe you do in your daily life for yourself? that helps you to tap into your higher self that will also help other people if they give it a try um, to do the same exact thing. Totally. And I think what you just said about being distracted is huge because I mean, I have an online business. I have my phone, I have my laptop. Like I'm, I live in this world too, right? I'm not like, I, I am not, I, I know what it's like to feel distracted as well. Um, and so a couple of the practices that I do, um, I do, I do love meditation. I was mm. very intimidated and I was like, meditation, ah, like, I don't know about that world. I don't know. <laughs> right. I don't know what that is. Like, I don't know if I'm cut out for that, but I had a life coach a few years ago who really, I mean, baby steps kind of like, and, and this is all stuff that you can, I mean, YouTube is great and you can, there's so many apps out there. Um, Insight Timer is one that I really loved mm. when I was kind of first starting meditating. And that's a really great one to, that really helps me kind of, um, manage the anxiety and stress that you kind of brought up earlier kind of helps me get perspective on like the grand scheme of things. And I can kind of come out of a meditation just feeling like, all right, I can freaking do this. Okay. And, um, so I do love meditation. I am a huge journaler. I kind of sometimes, um, I can't, I'd say I journal probably five to seven days. I'm sorry, five out of seven days a week. I'm not like a every single day journaler, but again, Mm -hmm. that's something I I worked up to. I wasn't, um, if anyone out there feels like, they're starting a habit and they're not good at it or, you know, like ugh. Molly, she journals seven days out. Of, I mean, sorry, five days out of the week. I struggle to sit down for two minutes and journal, like know that it's called a practice for a reason. Mm-hmm. It takes time and you'll find certain practices that you're like, oh, wow, I love this in my day. And the secret for me is I have a day or two where I don't do my practices and I'm like, I feel funky, like. Oh, mm-hmm. tomorrow I'm going to wake up, I'm doing my meditation, I'm doing my journal and I'm going on my walk. You know, you, you feel it when you don't have the practice in place. So that for me is always like, um, a big sign that I need to get back into that particular practice. Mm-hmm. I'm a huge, huge fan of movement and exercise, mm-hmm. um, for a very long time. And kind of those years where I was struggling with, with my body and who I was, um, exercise was, a form of punishment. It was a way that I, um, you know, combated binging or partying all night and just kind of like, again, was very disciplinary and in not a loving way. Mm. Um, but I've come <clears throat> to a place where, man, I love, I love a good walk without music. I love, um, going on runs recently. I watched, uh, Tom Bilyeu, you and I connected over that. He had, uh, yeah. Dave, was it Dave Goggins? Is that his name? Dave Goggins, oh yeah. Oh my God, he had a video where he was in the gym. He was in some gym on his Instagram and there's music blasting. And if anyone doesn't know David Goggins, he is a hard dude and yes. he inspires me a ton. But he's like doing these pull-ups and he's saying, you know what, all these people in this gym, they're all listening to music and pumping themselves up. And he's like, you know what, the music isn't always gonna be there you got to know how to go through tough stuff when you can't be distracted. And we don't have the screen in front of you while you're riding your bike, or you don't have the podcast to listen to on that long ass run. And so that's a practice that I've been recently, 
I mean, maybe a couple weeks now that I've really found really challenging because I love, mm-hmm. I love my music. Um, but man, when we can kind of step away from the distraction, I think we, we meet who we really are. We meet, um, those challenges and I think we can process kind of stuff easier too. Um, mm-hmm. but again, Molly, gosh, Molly 10 years ago, not that it takes that long to get to a place like this, but any kind of like deep conversation or talking about feelings or like facing my inner demons, you know, (laughs) was like, no, thank you. I'm, that's not about that. Like, I don't need that in my life. I'm good. Um, But there's such freedom, um, I believe, in just getting to know who you are, all of your nooks and crannies. Um, all the hard stuff. And so I think, like you said, distraction is a huge, a huge problem in our world right now, for sure. Um, I'm not bashing technology because it's helped me so many ways in my own life. But I think there's Mm -hmm. definitely a line that we all know. We all know we've been on our phone a little bit too long or, you know, we're totally numbing and mindlessly watching the thing. Um, and so I would, I would listen to that and I would encourage people out there to, to not be afraid to challenge, to challenge, go to the mental gym, um, and, and do that stuff. But, um, going back to your, you asked about practices. So yeah, meditation, journaling. I also do love, uh, visualization. I don't do Mm -hmm. it every single day. Um, but I think it's been so, so important and so powerful and again, those moments where I, I'm feeling certain about my dream. I wonder if I can pull it off. I wonder if I'm cut out for it. I go into a visualization and there's, uh, for anyone out there who's curious, there's some amazing guided visualizations f- for free on YouTube. I think even like Spotify has some, but sometimes I'll just put uh, some like soft music on. I'll look at my vision board, get really, really excited about all the images and pictures, really feel into that life. And I lay down for maybe like 10 minutes five Mm. minutes even, and just get so excited about where I'm headed in this life and what I want to create and all the things I want to be, do, and have. And after a practice like that, I feel like I want to rock. Like, let's do it. You know, getting back in touch with that vision, getting clear again about where you're going. That's such a big message of mine. And and everything that I do is having clarity and really getting emotionally invested in that dream is huge. Um, and then what else? I'm a huge reader now. I love mm-hmm. reading. Um, I love, I do love listening to podcasts, like while I'm, I, especially when I'm cooking, I like, like enjoying uh, listening to podcasts and, and then, yeah, you and I also talked about cold showers. We're huge oh, fans of yes. cold showers. Oh my gosh. I love it. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> love to hate it, but it's, exactly. <laughs> but it's so good. Um, it's really helped me you know, I think when we face hard things in life, and you've asked me this as well earlier in the podcast about people who are facing the fear or the resistance, man, every day when I get into a cold shower, I almost get a little bit of like a little touch of anxiety because I'm like, I do not want to do this, but I have to do this. I have to do this. I cannot leave this bathroom until I get in this freaking cold shower. And the more you practice stuff like that, right, the more we can do stuff like that, it actually kind of closes that gap of that lingering time for when we, we have an idea or we're excited by something, but the fear comes in and we say, Oh no, I'll wait. I'll wait a little bit. Let me, let me wait till I'm ready. Right. And that sometimes that time can just become infinite. We don't do the Mm -hmm. thing. So cold showers have really taught me to, yep, I don't want to do this, but I'm diving head in. Like I'm getting, 
I don't dive into my shower. Don't worry. But I, <laughs> I, I jump right in. Like I attack it. I attack it before the anxiety and fear has a chance to really build and build and build. Because the longer you wait, right? Anyone who's ever like jumped off a cliff or done something, the longer you wait, it just grows. It grows and it'll stop you. It'll for sure stop you from doing things. So face it head on and, um, and go for it. And cold showers have really taught me that. But um, yeah, I think that's I think that's a lot of different things that depending on the day is, is what I do. But activity, movement is for sure a huge mm-hmm. one. I think it's important of energy. And then, yeah, taking some quiet time in the morning to read, journal, uh, meditate is really, really big for me as well. That's awesome. Yes. I, I, I was, when you said that you do cold showers, I was like, yes, yes. this girl totally <laughs> speaks to me on an emotional level. It's like, let's yeah. go. So that was awesome. And the practice that you said too, which I, I also do. And I love is the no music thing. And I actually did get it from that exact video that you said. So when you were doing so it, funny. I was like, yes, let's go. Because it's true. Because like when I go on my long run, sometimes like, I'll, you know, you're not always going to have the music there. And then you're literally in a battle with yourself, right? Like your, yes. your worst self is going to come out and be like, like, I'll be like mile 13. There's no music, nothing keep me up. And like my mind's like, Hey man, like your legs are pretty shot. Like you want to give up now? And I'm like, Oh gosh, like now I got to deal with this asshole, you know? So, but it, it, it's literally a war with yourself. And um, yeah, but anyways, I mean, it's, it's literally a part where you get to not only go to war with yourself, but you learn more about yourself and you really just learn your, your, like, there's some dark sides in everyone. And sometimes like getting to that dark side can really unveil things that you necessarily have to look at in the face and be like, this is a problem. I need to fix it. I don't like to hear it. It's painful to face, but in the end of the day, it's going to lead me to a higher self. And so one story that I loved reading from you was the time when uh, you had your coach and your coach said, listen, I don't think you're doing the work. So if you can't do the work, I'm going to leave. And you said you were a mess. You were crying. You were like, oh my gosh. But then you said it was like one of the greatest things that, you know, he told you and it was bringing up that thing. So how can people learn how to take that tough love and that tough advice and to stare at their inadequacies and insecurities nakedly? Because that, I think, one, is one of the hardest things that anyone can do in life. Like, it's never an easy. But two, I think it is the key to essentially really transform yourself in a way. Because if you don't know that you have a problem, you're never going to fix it. So how, how, do you, how does someone go and have the right mindset about those things? Totally. Um, I feel like I start off every answer with totally because I agree with, I just, I'm so, <laughs> I'm so in this conversation and I'm with you 100%. And just a little bit of backstory about that situation is I was working with a coach and yeah, I was stuck in, and this is going to be a big point here is victim, victim mode for sure. Mm-hmm. And we got on the call. I hadn't done the work because of whatever excuses I was telling myself. And I had a bit of an attitude and he was like, look, I'm not here to save you, you know, in, in not in such like a mean way, but in a very, um, you know, someone who comes from like a people pleasing background to have someone speak to me with some tough love was like earth chattering. You know, I mm-hmm. was very much like, I'm like a golden retriever. I just want to do the right thing, you know, and be, and be like, <laughs> please everyone. And, um, I was in a really sticky part in that part of my life and what I was working on. And he just said, you're not doing the work. And if you're not doing the work, there's really no point in us having another phone call until you've done these things. And I got off the phone, man, I bitched to my husband. I was like, how dare he say these things? And it really, um, you know, to, like you said, to face yourself and to, I think the real, the real, the answer to that or the solution 
is knowing and acknowledging when you are blaming and when you're in victim mode. Because mm. when we're in, we're in, when we're living a place from from victimhood, we can't take responsibility for our life, right? We're blaming our past. We're blaming our family history. We're blaming our job. Like we're blaming our partner, whatever. And when you're in that place, that means you're waiting on things in your external world to change, which we know, which we know we have zero control over. So you're pretty much staying put. So for me and for anyone out there listening, I would so encourage you to look at what parts of your life are you blaming? Are you pointing the finger for your unhappiness? And you hit the nail on the head. It is the hardest freaking thing to do to take full responsibility for our life. But I believe firmly, and I'm sure you'll agree, that it is the key to open the door to finding freedom in your life, to moving towards your dream in a passionate way, um, to living from a place of fulfillment, to knowing that you are truly the the architect of of your dream life. And um, when we are, yeah, when we're living in a place of victim and blaming and waiting for the world to change, waiting for the government to change, waiting for waiting for that promotion that you might never get, whatever it may be. Um, we can't, we can't, it's, it's really hard. I'm going to say nearly impossible for us to really live in our fullest potential and highest self. So taking full responsibility and figuring out where you're blaming is going to be a really, really important uh, first step, I would say. Oh, it's an amazing answer. And it, I, I love that point where it's saying you you're in control when everything is your fault, right? Like, and, and when people hear that, it's like, everything's my fault. Like that sounds like the worst thing ever, but like, to your point, if everything is your fault and if you are responsible for everything, that means that you are in complete control of your life. Like no matter what happens, because if you're the victim, like you said before, and I love this point to death and I can't hammer it enough, <laughs> is that when you blame other things, like in your external environment, you are always a victim and hence the word victim mindset, victim yeah. to whatever goes around you. And like you said, we can't control it. So you get stuck. And I think the most stuck people in life, like, and I get like, sometimes it could be, you know, uh, chemical imbalance or anything, but like with depression or someone who goes with like with, who's just really angry a lot. I think they play that victim card a lot. And I used to be there too. Like I used Me to too. get so stressed. Exactly. You know, the feeling it's like, Oh man, life's just unfair to me. And it's like, you just feel hopeless. But when you have that power of accountability, man, you can just basically say like, all right, well, is there something that I did in this situation to cultivate this? Can I do something different next time? And that is so much more empowering to look at it. So I, I absolutely love that you had that point there. And I think, oh man, like, gosh, it is just an absolute, just um, amazing pleasure to talk with you. And I really just want to keep going, but yeah, but yeah. <laughs> We'll have to do just, a part two. We'll have to do a part two or something. Exactly. Oh, I would love to do that. And I'm yeah. sure our guests would too, because wow, like, I mean, the information that's here is just phenomenal. I can't wait to just edit this and, and really re-listen to all this again, because it is just a truly phenomenal conversation. So before I ask my last question, where can our listeners find you if they're more interested in uh, your content, uh, maybe becoming a client if they want to get your coaching services, where can our listeners find that? Sure. So I definitely... I hang out on the gram for the most part. <laughs> That's kind of like my main place. And I love, uh, I love using my Instagram stories. I love kind of showing the behind the scenes. And uh, so it's just a fun platform to me to kind of hang out on. And that's um, so at Molly K Egan. 
a lot of people think it's Molly Keegan, but it's Molly K. Egan. That's what I thought at first. <laughs> yeah, Molly Egan was taken, so I threw my middle initial in there, but M-O-L-L-Y-K-E-G-A-N. And then also, I do, um, I am pretty active on my personal Facebook page. Again, you can find me Molly Egan. And then I have a private Facebook community um, for the ladies out there. It's called Empowered Goal Getters. And again, it's just kind of a more intimate community of like-minded women who are really drawing a line in the sand. And she's got big dreams. She's got big goals. And like I said before, it's a hard road. It's a really hard road when you commit to that life. And having support, having accountability, knowing you're not alone is, is a really important part of that process. So I provide that space. We do lots of live trainings. Um, all kinds of good stuff go down in there, a little bit more intimate than, say, my Instagram and stuff. But And yeah, and then if, if, if you are curious about working with me or what coaching would look like, just shoot me a DM. You can also email me at hello, H-E-L-L-O, at mollykegan.com, and we can just take it from there. But yeah, those are the, the main places that you can find me and I'm super active on. Awesome. I love it. And guys, if you really want to really deep into your highest, like reach into your highest potential, and, and like Molly said throughout this entire podcast, reach your highest self and become the best version of yourself. This is someone whose world you want to dig into and really look at all of her content. And and women out there, if you need a coach, I cannot recommend her enough. And I think she can do some great things. So Molly, so before- you. Oh, of course. So for my last question here, what does fulfillment mean to you and what fulfills you in life? Oh, man. Oh, man. Um, so one thing I will say that I'm so on the same page with you is it's how we feel about ourselves when we're by ourselves. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I've been in a place where I don't like being alone. I don't like peace and quiet. I need TV. I need something. So that's a, a really big indicator of fulfillment, I think, is how you feel about yourself when you're by yourself. For me personally, oh man, Joe. <laughs> Had to lay it on you for the last one. No, it's cool. This is a really great question. <laughs> I think for me, fulfillment, I'm actually going to kind of go back to what I said recently, and that is it's taking responsibility for my life of deciding mm. that I'm, while I can't control what happens in life sometimes, that choosing every day, waking up, choosing my attitude, deciding that I'm in control of my destiny to some degree, I guess, um, it provides just so much possibility and freedom and you can dream and, you know, and there's so much more that goes into that. But I think for me, um, yeah, constantly taking responsibility has led me down a path to such fulfillment that I would never, ever, ever go back on, even when it's hard. Awesome. Molly, you're awesome. Thank you so much for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. It's been so much fun. I just love, um, again, I love meeting like-minded people, guys, girls, and having conversations. I wish we could just like hang out and drink some coffee or- Right, exactly. Yeah, I'm just (laughs) like, it's it's just so, it uplifts me as well to have these conversations. So thank you for having me. Oh, of course. It was my pleasure. And I always love connecting with, with great people too, such as yourself. And it's, it's just been an absolute pleasure over the past hour to speak with you. And and I'm sure our listeners could agree. So guys, thank you so much again for listening. I know that you've gotten immense value from this. I know that I have, and just dig into Molly's world, like I said before, and really just like learn as much as you can from this woman, because she's got some amazing wisdom for you. If you want to follow us on Instagram, we're at meditation for millennials. If you want to follow me, your host, Joe Corsione. I'm at Joe Corsione on Instagram, and you can send us a DM if you have any questions about fulfillment, meditation, personal development, 
anything of the sorts, we'll be happy to answer. And we're here every single Wednesday on Apple and Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts for The Art of Fulfillment. Thank you so much for listening and have an amazing day.